Hi there, this is Karen. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. Today's episode is titled, Do You See What I See? So I start out every podcast with a pod quote, and I'm going to jump right into that. And this quote is by Henry David Thoreau. It's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. Okay, again, this episode is titled, Do You See What I See? And the quote is from Henry David Thoreau. It's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. So not too long ago, I was asked to give my testimony and told that I had a very small window of time to share what was on my heart. And I thought, wow, how am I going to do that in such a short time period? For me, taking, oh, 20 minutes to talk and share something is nothing (laughs) which you probably already know if you've listened to these podcasts. Not that they're very long, but I do like to talk. And I could really talk for hours, just ask my husband. Um, (laughs) There's been more than one day that I wish I got paid a dollar for every word that came out of my mouth because I could fix the national uh, budget crisis and house the homeless and probably send 100 missionaries into the field if I did. But I don't. So we'll go on anyway. So sometimes um, it's difficult to come up with a testimony though, when there are so many times that God has done amazing things in my life. I don't know if you have that problem, uh, but I do. And it's not that my life has been oh so much rosier than everybody else's, um, but it's really about perspective. So no matter how I've gotten in his way, he has still done things that amaze me. The Bible says we are supposed to be ready in season and out of season at any time to share with others about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. So asking me to just give a straight up testimony in 20 minutes or less made me question whether or not I was truly always ready to do that. I mean, yeah, I can talk a mile a minute and am rarely at a loss for words, but are my words effective? This is the question that kept coming at me. Do my words really reach anyone? Will they reach anyone? Especially if I'm standing up in front of a bunch of people and talking for 20 minutes in this time limit. So can I really inspire a desire in someone to get to know Christ in that amount of time or or even in less amount of time? Because sometimes, you know, you someone might come upon you and you have an opportunity to share with them something that God has done in your life and be a witness to them. And you don't have 20 minutes. You maybe have five or maybe you have 30 seconds to make that impression. So are you making that impression? Am I making that impression or are my words just fluff in that case? Or do I just kind of fumble over things? Am I really ready in season or out of season? So I had to go to God on this because really my main goal has always been for people to see Christ in me via my actions, at least as an adult, you know, as I came, came to know the Lord. So in my walk, I want them to see Christ in me and working in me and me getting out of his way. I want them to see um, what I choose and how I rebound from messes of my own doing or when I make mistakes or when I fall or when someone hurts me, you know, how do I respond so that he shines brighter than I do. Um, it, and if I haven't having a particular shiny moment, um, do I step back and really let him shine through? So yeah, I'm all about the words. I love to write and speak podcasting, making people laugh and and think, and hopefully something thought-provoking, spirit-moving, and hopefully enjoy. But more than that, I'm about the actions of myself and of other people, because God is a God of action. You never want to know, you know, I mean, if you ever want to know if God is real, um, 
just look at the promises he's fulfilled. Yeah, you need to read the word, but you also have to look at, did he do what he said he was going to do? And he did, and he continues to. We're supposed to be like that, where our walk matches our talk, where our actions match what our words said, and our steps, our choices, and even how we get back up after falling down, like I said before, do they reflect on who Christ is? Are our actions speaking louder than our words? I mean, these actions need to be shouting Jesus. You know, they need to be shouting, he's got me. I'm not perfect, but I'm still his. So I'm really been a lot about the action in my life, not just the words. So talking myself into a full circle here, <laughs> I realized that just plain sharing about his hand on me and about his actions in my life, that's the testimony, whatever it is, whatever story it is, whether it's 30 seconds or five minutes or 20 minutes or an hour, that's what we're supposed to talk about. Besides letting our walk, our actual physical walk and our choices and our actions speak, we also have that responsibility to talk about him. And it can be simple, sweet, silly. It doesn't have to be heart-wrenching or tear-filled. It doesn't have to be a bunch of broken stories about broken people to reach someone. You never know what small thing or simple little thing you might find inconsequential might actually reach someone else. It could be how you had only a dollar to your name and all of a sudden a check comes in the mail right when you needed it and answered a prayer. Or uh, how you were in such a hurry, so you prayed for God to help you find a parking spot, and one came open right as you pulled in, right near the door. My friend says that means you have a parking angel, by the way. <laughs> so, you see, it's all about perspective. My perspective and your perspective. and How you see Jesus and what he's done. Maybe seeing things not through your own eyes, but through his eyes. And, and it may be just what someone else needs to hear. So, God has managed to put his hands all over my life and I'm sure he has yours sometimes even though we don't acknowledge it I'm sure that he has so when I look back on these various details from my perspective I just have to say wow I want to share that wow that's what was on my heart was to share the wow but God actually changed up what I was going to say when I went to this little speaking event um so when I got there, it was a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be. I spoke a little bit about the wow things that God has done in my life, but I really ended up speaking more about perspective. Someone else might not be able to see from their vantage point that his fingerprints are everywhere across the story of my life. They may look at my life and think, oh my gosh, how horrible. You went through this or you went through this or wow, you've had all of these challenges. That stinks. That's horrible. I don't see God in that. But I do see God in that. And I think it's so, it's it's done this way. Maybe people might see those actions, but when they hear my words and I fill in the blanks and I show them from a different perspective, that it's not just this harrowing event or this tragic thing or this trauma or this hurtful thing or this pain or this sickness or this illness. I'm not jumping from tragedy to tragedy. It's about what's in between. So narrowing down just what God might want me to share at that event took some time. Like with most anything in life, it was about perspective. And perspective is important. It's how you see things. 
Or, as the quote says, it's not just how you look at things, but how you see them. It's a bit more than talking about the glass half full versus the glass half empty idea. Because I could easily look at my life through eyes of pain, frustration, or even anger. And I think about it like I do the rose bushes on the side of my house. Because actually, I didn't plant those rose bushes. Somebody else did. I'm not that, I'm, I'm really not that fond of <laughs> roses. In fact, they make me sneeze. I'm a little tad, tad bit allergic to them. But I can also see their beauty. I could look at those rose bushes and see sharp thorns, aphids, something that needs pruning and takes up a lot of my time and gives me a runny nose and makes me sneeze. But I can also see them as something beautiful with a vibrant color and a pleasant scent, a gift from God. What I've realized over the years is that I don't have to look at something with a it's all this or all that mindset or a black and white attitude. Not everything is black and white. Sometimes it's gray or plaid or polka dot, pink or blue or yellow. God is not colorless. He's not a colorless God, even though sometimes we refuse to see the big picture or the plan he's mapped out for us because everything in full color can be intimidating or frightening to us. Too often we want things to be simple with no variation. We want that black and white. We want it easy to read, no deciphering needed, just spell it all out. But it's not always that way. Life is, well, it's kind of more like a a four-year-old girl who discovers she can wear whatever she wants to wear. She's been given that permission, so she comes out of the bedroom with a, a pink Hello Kitty pajama top on and a yellow polka dot skirt with little high heels and a tiara on her head. Okay, she's excited. <laughs> she wants to be, to, to head out and be who she wants to be and express it in the way she dresses. And um, that doesn't always look good to some of us from our vantage point, But sometimes we forget as we get older about that kind of excitement. We forget that in the busyness of our lives, that Christ has given us a freedom to be bold. And in our choice of clothes, yes, but also in the steps we take and in the choices we make in our lives along this path that he's laid out for us. He has a preferred path for each of us. I believe that. But how we dress, what our attitude is, how we handle the ups and downs, the curves and the weather along the way is totally up to us. What God really wants us to do is be telling others about him as we go down that path, as we make those choices uh, and, and how he's there for us. So our Heavenly Father is a creative creator. I mean, that's where we get the word, right? Our creator, creation, it's creativity. He's the God who spoke and boom, creation was here. He breathed life into man. He's not ashamed if you want to wear the polka dots with the stripes or white after Labor Day. Okay, this is the God whom creativity was literally named after. He created the most amazing, ingenious, gorgeous things and the most crazy, weird, odd looking things you've ever seen. And I'm not commenting on any particular person. I'm just saying um, there are some strange looking things in this world. I mean, this is the same God who, who not only created the heavens and the earth and the stars and how beautiful and vast they are, but also the rain and the storms and the thunder and the lightning. And he created the brilliant, bright stars and the moon. He's also the same God who created mountains and oceans and soft puppy ears. But he also created things like skunks and scorpions and tornadoes and poison ivy of all things. And the platypus. I mean, that's just an odd looking creature to me. But he's the same God who made all those beautiful things, including rose bushes with thorns. So when I prayed about what to share at this event, God impressed on my heart and mind to talk about perspective. 
I realized that I could share parts of my life that made it seem as if I'd been rolling around in a sea of thorns. Or I could share it from the perspective that I'd been swimming in an ocean of soft rose petals. Both things come from the same bush. You know how a flower girl goes down the aisle before the bridegroom comes down? She's got her little basket and she drops rose petals along the way. She's creating a beautiful path for the bride to walk down to, to go meet her groom, right? I've grown to understand that I have to kind of look at my life like that. Because even though I know that no matter where I'm going, there is going to be thorns. Whether a thorn is in my side or a sea of thorns that I have to wade through just to, to pick up what I need to pick up and carry along with me, there's going to be thorns there. So I decided a long time ago that I have the choice to be afraid of the thorns and constantly focus on that pain or I can enjoy the scent of the petals along the way as I follow that path that's marked out for me. I am a part of the bride and he, he has not abandoned me. My love or our love, our groom is waiting at the end of that rose petaled path. That our meaning, all of us, all of us who believe in Jesus, we're a part of the bride and he's the bridegroom. I get the privilege and the blessing of talking in the beautiful world that he's made for me and taking in this beautiful scent of the roses on this path that he's laid out for me. Is it always rosy? No. But the roses are still going to be there. That may not be what I see all the time. And I might trip and fall. <laughs> yeah, if you know me, you know that's very true. In full transparency, saying I might fall is probably a, a big understatement. In fact, I'm working on a fashion line. I tell everybody that. I've been saying it for years, though. I'm working on a fashion line entirely made out of bubble wrap. And I really should have done it before now, just to be quite honest. But along this path... I've also had to learn how to be able to laugh at the times when things seem to be spinning out of control. And I have to remember that I'm not really in control of much anyhow. Thank God I'm not in control. I don't know about you all, but I really would not want to be in control of everything. If I were in control, the whole world would be symmetrical. We'd never have daylight savings and we'd have an even number of days in the year instead of odd because that's what people with OCD do. <laughs> I'm just telling you. And then I'd miss out on early sunsets. Beautiful stars in the sky, gorgeous asymmetrical mountains and wandering valleys. So yeah, I'd make a horrible creator and a horrible controller. And if I had gotten my own way every time I thought I needed to, oh my gosh, I, I just can't even tell you how much a mess my life would be in right now. So no matter what, I tend to get myself into some sticky situations as it is. So I would not want to be in control of everything. I do think God has a little bit of a hand in all of that sticky situation though. I'm just saying, I'm not saying he picks on me, but I'm certain I can hear him laughing at times at me. So I have no doubt uh, he has a great sense of humor. Do you remember when uh, your kids or nieces or nephews or grandkids were at those itty bitty early learning stages and they did the funniest things? They tried to do something they'd seen or heard, but didn't quite get it right. Like I don't know, like maybe getting a spoonful of food in their mouth, um, but they really don't hit their mouth. They hit the side of their cheek and it goes down their cheek or they'd go to sit down on a pillow or a chair, but they didn't quite sit in it and they'd fall to the to floor on their bottom and everybody would giggle. Um, well, I saw a girl the other day imitating her mom. Um, she was in the grocery store and everything her mom did, she did. Her mom was standing in front of her at the checkout in the store. And the little girl had a little purse and she had sunglasses on just like her mom. When the mom took her sunglasses off and pushed them up on top of her head, the little girl did the same thing. They were crooked, 
but they were up there. And when the mom got her wallet out of her purse, the girl fumbled with her purse and tried to pull out something like a wallet. And as her mom was swiping her debit card, the girl was paying really close attention to her. And with one hand, the mom was swiping her debit card. And the other hand, she kind of wiggled a little bit and reached behind her and kind of pulled a wedgie out. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you, this was my observation. So the little girl did the exact same thing. She probably didn't even have a wedgie, but that's what she did. And it took a whole lot for me not to laugh out loud. I didn't want the mom to think that I was laughing at her actions. I've been there. We all get things, you know, moving where they shouldn't move because I don't care what manufacturers say. Panties are not wedgie free, but the little girl was doing everything that her mom did. And when I remember, or I see things like that, I think God must laugh at the craziness we have in our lives too, because even though we try to imitate him, we will not get it all correct. Just like this little girl. Sometimes we do things um, and we don't know why we're doing them, but God understands. And he knows even when we're trying hard to be like him, we don't always get it right. It's easier for us to see things skewed or to do something without intention. And it might come back crooked or backwards or not quite what we thought it was going to be and maybe not quite what God wanted it to be. So I feel certain that on this journey and this path that it's really more about perspective. I could get down and sad and mad or angry over the view I see from here, from my path, or I can embrace it and take it one step at a time and apply his word to it. I can then work through it and retain it and learn from it and hopefully keep walking forward. So this past year or so, I've been recovering from a broken leg, which many of you who already know this, um, probably tired of hearing it, but you're going to hear a little bit more in detail now because it's been a big part of my life for a little, little over a year now. It takes a long time to heal from a broken leg. So forgive me if you're hearing it again, but I'm going to say it anyhow. So just tough it out. It's one of those things. It's about perspective <laughs> because it's been a major learning experience for me. I fell in my front yard in the snow. And actually it was more than falling. It was more like I flew and then I fell. So I broke my tib, my fib, and my ankle bone. Now I'm kind of partway to being bionic, but hopefully I won't have to be totally bionic before I go back to see the Lord. So I remember distinctly though, before I decided to trudge around in the snow that day in the front yard, um, that I should take my cell phone with me. And I wouldn't have normally done that, but it just nagged at me and I thought, Hey, I'll, I'll just take it because I can take some pictures of this gorgeous six inch snowfall, which I did. Um, but I literally had gone outside without it and I turned back around and went back to get it because something inside me just kept saying, go get your cell phone, go get your cell phone. And I'm so glad I did because I had to call an ambulance when I fell. And if I hadn't have felt this kind of gut instinct and listened to it, um, I wouldn't have gone back to get my phone. I would have probably laid in the snow for hours because I was home alone in the middle of a work day. Now, I could look at this incident with eyes of anger and sadness and fear of every bit of snow moving forward and only remember the pain, but I'm compelled to see it through the eyes of Christ and through the eyes of something more than hurt. Not only did the Holy Spirit prompt me to get my cell phone, he also took care of me in ways that I didn't know I would need. When I fell, my husband had just been on a new job for a week, one week. He's a retired firefighter paramedic. And while he'd been working in the mental health field since retirement, he, he got burned out. So like most first responders, he had to work a second job throughout his entire career to make ends meet. So he had a lot of years of experience in construction. So after putting a lot of prayer into it, he felt led to try to get a job 
in the construction field. He sent his resume out cold to a company that he saw an ad for, and he just felt led to send out this resume. And three days later, he got a call from them. He went the following day and met the owner of the construction company, and they met at a Starbucks. And when my husband walked in, this owner was sitting at a table with a Bible open, taking notes. They talked for a couple hours, and the owner asked him if they could pray together, so they did. He then took him around to meet pretty much every employee at all the job sites that he could, all in the same day when he had an interview. Come to find out this company, which is a Christian-run company, meets every Thursday for a staff meeting for devotional and prayer time. They also have a prayer room in their office. The day before they received uh, my husband's resume in the mail, they had all gotten together and talked about adding a new project manager to the crew, and then boom, they got my husband's resume in the mail the next day. And before he went home this day that he interviewed, they asked my husband to pray with me when he got home about whether or not he should take a job with them. And so we did. And the following day, they offered him a job for more money than he was making before with better hours in a Christian environment. So we can look at that and know right in the middle of it that God's fingerprints were all over that process. My husband stepped out in faith and with excitement, by the way, like the flower girl going down the, the aisle with rose petals, although he didn't skip and he wasn't in a cute dress. But he still, he had this, this faith and this excitement about it that I didn't see. I wasn't seeing it from the eyes of Christ and he, I wasn't seeing it from his perspective. But this brings me back to me falling in the snow because I was laying there um, and it was 25 degree temperatures with five to six inches of snow all around me. And I had to call 911, which again, thank God I had my cell phone on me. So I called 911 and then I called my husband and I told him to meet me at the ER. When the ambulance arrived at the house, um, the paramedic made her way over to me and uh, said, don't move. And I said, I'm not moving. I think it's broken. And hey, I figured I'm already on ice. So why would I move? But I do have to say that the first words that came out of her mouth um, before don't move were, Oh no. Okay. It's not a very comforting feeling when a paramedic looks at your leg and says, Oh no, don't move. Okay. Um, not the best, um, I don't care. It wasn't a bed, but not the best, um, broken leg side manner there is. So, but I was blessed that they came quickly. I almost had hypothermia by the time I was in the ambulance and I ended up having emergency surgery with titanium rod and plates put in. But when I got home two days later, my husband's new boss called to see how I was. And my husband had to let him know that I wasn't allowed to walk for 30 to 45 days. And he needed to be with me at home the rest of that week to help take care of me. And, and maybe some of the next week because he had to figure out a schedule to help get people in to help me because we couldn't afford to pay for a nurse. So we had to find volunteers to come help me. And this was going to be all up to my husband. So my husband let him know that if he needed to find someone else for this new job he had, that he'd understand. I mean, he'd only been on working on this job for a week when all this happened. But his new boss told him to take two weeks off to stay home and take care of me. And he said to him, we're praying for you all. Take care of your wife. She comes first. That's what you need to do. The job will be here and I will pay you. Yeah, his boss, his new boss of one week, gave him two weeks off, paid. He had no sick time, no vacation time, and his boss just outright paid him straight up 
and didn't make him work the hours to pay him back for it. So even with normal highs and lows, this job and this company have been a huge blessing to my husband and to me. When they run into an issue, they stop and pray. The staff takes turns going in before work and praying for all their clients and for their staff every morning. I was scared for my husband to change jobs, to change careers again, but he stepped out in faith. He saw it from a different perspective than I did, and I'm so glad that he did because God blessed him for it, and he blessed us for it. Matthew 6, 23 talks about how we're to be filled with light, to be a light in the darkness, pure and holy, but... If we only look at things through our own eyes instead of through the eyes of Christ and through the eyes of light, we're only going to project darkness. If we aren't able to see any exuberance, tenderness, grace, forgiveness, compassion, uh, learning, significance on this path that's been laid out before us, then we're doomed to darkness and we're not going to be able to spread light. That verse in Matthew 6, 23 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? That being said, there are times I've learned I just have to not only see things from a perspective of blessings, but also from a perspective of humor. Because humor helps lift that darkness. Humor helps us to... um, Uncover what needs to be uncovered so that we don't see everything from a place of heaviness and darkness. And I need to be able to laugh at myself and at others and at the hilarity of life in general. Again, God has a great sense of humor. And I have to remember that. Uh, One time when I had surgery, it was to remove a tumor from my right breast. Praise God, it was not cancer, but it needed to be removed because it was growing fast and it was really painful. So in order to do the surgery and be accurate... They did a live CT. That's what they called it, a live CT. So they could see where they were putting the needle in at the time. They numbed the tissues in the chest and inserted a a tall needle straight into the middle of the tumor, straight through the top of my breast. So here I am lying on a gurney with this needle sticking straight up out of my right breast, about five inches out of the top of it, waiting to be wheeled down into surgery. They couldn't put a sheet or blanket over me because, well, frankly, that would hurt like heck if one of them caught on the needle and it pulled on it so they took this paper cup that was shaped like a cone it looked like a large snow cone cup and they put it over the needle and taped it to my chest it was hilarious especially after they draped the sheet over the top of the cone it looked like half of my body um, was from a madonna video from the 80s i mean it looked like i had one pointed breast (laughs) sticking up out of my body um it was hilarious it really was So as the nurse and the anesthesiologist were wheeling me down the hallway, I started singing like a virgin, only I changed, only changed the lyrics to like a virgin cut for the very first time. And I made up all kinds of crazy lyrics about surgeries and nurses and doctors. By the time we got to the surgery suite, we were all giggly and really making funny, corny, punny jokes about surgery and Madonna and all this kind of stuff. I was a bit nervous and I was scared and I was not happy I was having surgery yet again. Yeah, but it was about perspective in that moment. I could have laid there quietly, fearful, complained about the pain, worried myself sick over whether or not there was actually cancer in there. But I chose, let me repeat that, I chose to look at it from a different perspective. 
through the eyes of hope and of humor, of feeling blessed that the tumor could be removed and the hospital was clean and the doctor was fantastic and the nurse and anesthesiologist actually enjoyed my humor. I mean, that's the perspective I chose that day. I mean, folks, I had had 23 surgeries. I've had a brain aneurysm. I almost bled to death after surgery in 2001. I had a stroke. I've been on, I've been in New York City on Wall Street after 9-11, actually on the 13th, for 10 days, um, helping out. I've been, I've, I've moved 38 times in my life. I've been all over the country. I've been in a building surrounded by SWAT because the KKK put a bomb on the building when I was in ninth grade. I've lived in big cities and small towns, in the country, in the desert. I've worked and been a member of Catholic churches and Baptist churches, Methodist, non-denominational. I've helped care for my adopted special needs son who had severe issues and he broke my arm and he busted my nose. And I've been the victim of domestic violence and I've, I've helped care for my father as he battled brain cancer. And I was blessed to be with him when he went to be with Jesus Not all of that was easy. A lot of that was really difficult. But in all that, and more than that, what I have to remind myself is that I have to see it from more than one perspective. Because what I want others to see in me is the light of Jesus Christ. His love, His providence, His hand, His timing, His grace. Because if I don't see it, if I don't embrace it, If I don't practice seeing it, I will never be able to get others to see it. I will never get others to be able to see him in me. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 um, from the message translation says this. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. There is indeed usually more going on than meets the eye. And there's definitely more going on for eternity than we can see presently today right in front of us. So I really pray that you'll remember all of this today. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Not everything that feels heavy is actually heavy. Not everything that happens to you is a death sentence or a punishment, even if it seems that way in the moment. I pray you will take time to look at things from a different perspective and remind yourself that God is up to something, even when you can't see it. Thank you for joining me for the Woman Inspired Podcast. I hope you'll like this and please share it with someone else. If you want more info on uh, me and on the Woman Inspired Ministry, hop out to womaninspired.com or you can follow me on Instagram. Just search for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one followed by Woman Inspired. Thank you and have a blessed day.